The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 171 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. How is your food peace journey going? Are you feeling stuck? I know I talk to many people who have tried everything to do what they're supposed to do. In the beginning, and for many, 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 many years, it was focusing on the scale and losing weight and eating a certain way and fixing themselves. And as they hit diet rock bottom and trying to mend all those years of torturing their body, I know for many people, they feel stuck. And part of that stuckness is because of the choices that were basically pushed on them by diet culture and trying to conform. And I know there's many people listening, I wonder if it's you, who have done everything. And when I say everything, I mean even doing weight loss surgery. Before we go on anymore, I want to give a content warning. The letter we have for today's show includes someone's experience getting weight loss surgery. I remember hearing Dr. Bacon say that it shouldn't be called weight loss surgery, it should be called stomach amputation because it's taking a perfectly normal, healthy organ and taking it out. And I know that there are many love food listeners who have experienced this type of surgery. And I also know that it can be 
really harmful for people to hear these stories. So I just want to give a content warning, but I do have a letter from someone who experienced um, a type of weight loss surgery and now is trying to move away from the scale and heal the relationship with food and their long, long relationship with their eating disorder. I cannot wait to dive in because I know this letter's experiences and the way they describe them, you're going to really connect with. And we get to hear from the fabulous Kirsten Ackerman. Kirsten is the host of the Intuitive Bites podcast and has um, experience working with people who've gone through these types of steps and wanting to heal a relationship with food. Before we get to all of that, I want to make sure that you have heard about the new project I'm working on. It's called After the Letters Project. So what do you do after the letters, after you have listened to someone else's relationship with food and some different tools to help their food peace journey? Do you ever want to just dig deeper? I know many people have. They have follow-up questions or they want to attend to certain parts of the episodes to really dig deep. Well, I have created something called the After the Letters Project, which is a monthly membership via Patreon. And what I do is I release every week a mini episode that explores a topic that you, the listener, bring to help just further your relationship with food. And why am I doing a Patreon? Well, I want to help the show continue. And while many people have um, come to me to try to be a sponsor of the show, they just there's just not many people that really have products or services that are a good fit because let's face it, most people selling things that want to be on a show about food are really not really what we need to hear more about. They are part of diet culture. And so while I need to support the show somehow financially just to support the fees that come with it, I don't want to get messed up into something like a product or service that doesn't suit us. So I have decided to start a Patreon campaign to help me support the show and keep it ad-free. So you can find out all the details at patreon.com slash lovefoodpodcast. So there is the After the Letters project that is released through Patreon. There are other tiers or other levels of giving that you can do. Um, The After the Letters project, which is becoming quite a hard thing for me to say, After the Letters project uh, is $29 a month. But there are other levels in, in case that is not financially suitable for you. And I would appreciate if you only give, if you can, you know, there's many different ways to support the Love Food Podcast. And if financially it's just not a good idea for you, I really encourage you to subscribe or share an episode. There are many non-financial ways that you can help support the show. And so I just want to let you know that. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter and hear from Kirsten Ackerman. Dear Food, I am a former dietitian who gave up my credentials due to diagnoses of major clinical depression and an eating disorder. That was over a decade ago, but I think that at least a part of me still grieves that decision. I had a major weight gain when I began taking prescribed psychiatric medications as an adult. Prior to that, I had no history of, quote, added, unquote, pounds as a child or young adult. I had two weight loss surgeries, a sleeve gastrectomy a little over a year ago, and the lap band before that. I dropped some pounds, X amount with the lap band, prior to the sleeve, but the band was removed due to complications. I work in group individual therapy for many years and many times regarding health at every size and intuitive eating. I am healthy, 
no high blood pressure, diabetes, but I do have severe bilateral knee osteoarthritis that limits my mobility. I have questions on several levels. First, how can I be more gentle with myself regarding my professional history? My pride prevents me from sharing my full educational and training background in my group. How can I be more gentle with myself regarding my weight loss surgeries? I feel the sleeve was a mistake, but there is no turning back now. I haven't lost any weight since the surgery, and of late, there are times when I binge, having not done so in many years. How can I be more gentle with myself about exercise? I have not found my joyful movement as an adult just yet. It's a strain to walk due to my knees. Although I want to continue along the road of slowing down my eating and being more mindful at meal slash snack times, I find myself just, quote, not doing it, unquote. How do I balance feelings of giving up with the desire to tune into my body? Also, my body is large with hanging flesh. I have a desire to live in a smaller body, thinking that my movement would be less constricted. That said, I realize that, quote, desire, unquote, itself may be my actual impediment. Your thoughts, feelings, and feedback are most welcome. Sincerely, one of your most true lovers. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. What do you think if I said, I don't actually think you have an impediment. I don't think there's something wrong with you. I think the problem is outside of you and lives in our culture. 
there's so much that I want to explore with the letter that you wrote. And I also want to give a call to a colleague and friend. Her name is Kirsten Ackerman. She also is the host of the Intuitive Bites podcast. Kirsten has um, a special interest and also works a lot with people after they've had weight loss surgery and they're wanting to do intuitive eating work. They're wanting to move away from diets and the scale is a measure of progress. So let's go ahead and give Kirsten a call. Hello, this is Kirsten. Hey, Kirsten. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you doing? Hi, Julie. I'm doing so good. How are you? I am excited to talk to you. I'm excited to start season four of the Love Food Podcast. So thank you for being my first guest of the season. Um, (laughs) It's such an honor to have you on. And um, I am excited to jump into exploring this letter. You know, this is a letter that um, really pulls at my heart. Um, I have a feeling it does for you too. And actually, before we say that, did you get a chance to read the letter and go through it and everything? Oh, yes, absolutely. I read through it. And totally, I agree with you. It, it um, there was just there was a lot packed into um, to this letter. And I think there's, a, yeah, a lot of good stuff to unpack here. So much. Yeah. So when you read through the letter, what was your general impression about what this letter writer is experiencing? Oh, so I have a few like takeaways when I was reading this. Um, first thing I noticed was that I felt like this, you know, this letter writer had kind of some shame popping up around some past decisions that she made regarding um, having weight loss surgery, but also like related to giving up her RD, like registered dietitian credentials. So I, I just felt like there was some kind of remaining shame that she was holding on to there. Um, another impression I got was that she was feeling uncomfortable in her body, particularly regarding movement. So it felt like there were several like aspects of movement that's like she was just uncomfortable about um, in terms of like, yeah, in terms of like feeling good in her body when she's moving. Um, and the last thing that I noticed was that, you know, it feels like she was having a difficult time navigating this idea of like giving up, just kind of like giving up on whatever dieting or health or whatever, um, compared to like learning to take care of her body in a new, like less preoccupied way. So these are like just some of the things I noticed um, when I was reading through some of the the notes that she had. Yeah. You know, first up what you mentioned about the shame with the weight loss surgery and letting go of the dietitian credential, Um, my instinct with it was like, um, I don't know, I I like kind of puffed my chest up and I was like, all right, who messed with her? (laughs) Which I mean, I, it's probably some savior complex that I need to work on, but it's also like, um, what a shame that our profession, um, doesn't include people, um, vocally that are, you know, different sizes and who, um, many of us struggle with mental illness. I have a mental illness, like many of us do. And, um, what a horrible thing that, um, she was not included, you know? And so part of it is like, it sounds like she was protecting herself, um, by letting go of the, the credential. And, um, while I, I'm not someone that is for weight loss surgery, you know, I, I, I remember hearing it called stomach amputation by Dr. Bacon many years ago. And so that's what I always refer to it as, but I also like anybody who chooses to do it, I think, um, is doing it because they're just wanting to be accepted in this world, you know? And so 
Yeah. Um, what do you think about all that? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking about with this is that, I, you know, one of the things that she noted was something along the lines of like, how do I, you know, how can I be more gentle with myself around this decision that I made to have weight loss surgery? And my immediate instinct was like, oh my God, like you do not deserve like to feel any like guilt over this decision. Like you were, you know, you're in a system that, you know, kind of pushed you in that direction. And you were, I'm sure in front of doctors who were saying like, this is the best thing for your health. This is what, you know, this is what you should do. And like, they were telling you these are going to be your outcomes, right? Like you're going to going to lose this much weight and therefore you are going to be this much healthier. And like, this is what you should do if you're like being responsible and whatever. So like to even read this question and like, or this part of the letter that's like, you know, assuming any sort of responsibility for that makes me really sad because I think that it's only natural to want to, you know, look out for your health and to listen to providers who are telling kind of pushing you in a certain direction. Yeah. Yeah. Like this person was just doing what they were told. I just don't, I can't really appreciate why like culturally we've made this life of like, if we do what we're told and it doesn't work that it's our fault. Like it's just, it just yes. is so, um, it's just really shitty. Um, yeah. And I also was, um, you mentioned the movement piece and, um, yeah, part of that I was thinking is, um, how, cause I'm remembering in part of the letters, th- this person said that they just didn't have a connection with movement that felt yeah. like joyful to them. And, I wonder how our world has just been experienced with this letter writer, how they probably have weren't given the opportunities to explore it. I think if if the world was more acceptable to body body diversity, there would have been more options presented, you know, and um, yeah. So with with all that being said, um, Kirsten, what do you what do you recommend or like if you were working with someone in a similar place, what would you say were for some first few steps to move forward? Um, you know, I regard specifically regarding the movement, because you brought that up. I'm thinking about like, you know, when I was thinking through the way that she was saying, like, that she was having trouble finding movement that felt joyful for her in her current body. She also, you know, noted that she had, um, you know, some pain that was going on. I was just thinking that, you know, the way that our culture generally views movement is like, oh, like, you know, it's the most important thing is that you get in like the most intense exercise or like, you know, get a sweaty workout in or whatever. Like, it's like, it's always like, it's got to be like this really intense thing. And I was just thinking, you know, that I think that it'd be helpful for this letter writer to really explore like movement as gentle as it needs to be that, that works in their body. And that could mean like, okay, like I'm doing some laundry today or like I'm doing some chores or I'm going, you know, to walk the mall with a friend or whatever. It, could, it might not even be that much, but what, like, I think kind of expanding, um, the viewpoint of like what includes movement and, and like what includes gentle movement. Um, but also like thinking about like, rather than thinking about like, Oh, like I can't really do this or I can't do that. Thinking about like what you, what you can do. Um, and thinking about, cause uh, again, another thing that this writer noted was that like, she was uncomfortable in her body in certain ways. And there was some pain, like thinking about ways that she might be able to, you know, kind of serve her body as it is right now and make herself like uh, kind of invite herself to feel more comfortable in her body right now. And things that I think of with that are like, 
you know, is, is this pain something that like something like physical therapy might, might help? Is this pain something that, you know, um, strengthening some different muscles might help and make her feel more comfortable so that she can explore different types of movement. So I think that there's just like, you know, step one is kind of just being more gentle and like expanding the viewpoint of what this movement can be, but also considering the ways that she can show up for her body as it is right now and make her, you know, hopefully make herself feel a bit. Yeah. The word serve is um, really sticking with me right now, you know, serving her body as it is right now. That sounds so loving and caring. And um, we're not taught all the time, especially if we're living in a marginalized body to serve our body, you know? Um, So that is such a, uh, a lovely word for this piece. And, you know, I know there's lots of different complications with this person and are just like so much that they're trying to explore. What other steps would you recommend? Um, You know, another thing that we haven't really touched on that she was talking about in the letter was kind of struggling with um, feeling like she, you know, wanted to eat a little bit more mindfully or like slow down her eating. Um, but also like felt like she just wasn't doing it. And she, it sounded again, like there was like kind of some shame or guilt, really guilt around that. Um, and she's like, how do I, you know, kind of navigate that and, and figure out how to tune in, but yeah, and not feel like I'm giving up or whatever. Um, and when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about like just the way that it was even phrased. Um, it sounds like there needs to be some permission for this writer to just eat. Like there needs to be permission to like, to not be mindful, to not like tune in. Like it needs to be okay to just eat and not view it in this like negative way. And like, I'm giving up if I'm not paying attention or I'm giving up if I'm not like tuning in and like, you know, stopping at the perfect quote unquote perfect place, right? Like um, to stop eating at fullness or whatever. So I think like step one with that portion of the letter is just like allow permission, release that like guilt around like, you're supposed to tune in and you're supposed to be really mindful every time you eat or whatever. And I think honestly, that will allow for a little bit more space to decide, you know, if she has an eating experience where she eats past fullness and she's like, Oh, that's really uncomfortable. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that decision that I, you know, to eat that way, but I don't really enjoy that. Like maybe I can, you know, I don't know, pay attention differently next time. But also, I I think, Julie, you and I talked about this at one point um, at a different time, but um, I find a lot of times with people that they're kind of more, they prioritize more like the, I need to eat mindfully and like tune in and like eat slowly. They prioritize that more than um, like even like nourishing themselves well and like kind of consistently eating throughout the day. And that can be like a really like, messy uh situation because you find yourself like really really hungry sitting down to a meal and you're like oh my god I need to slow down oh my god I really need to do that and like you put so much morality and and your ability to slow down and yet you haven't really like gotten enough food in so like of course you're going to eat a lot um so I'm kind of rambling here but I just wanted to to speak to that a little bit as well no I think that's important I followed your ramble totally (laughs) (laughs) and I I agree I think um, if we are constantly framing every eating experience as this must be mindful or most, you know, um, and then there's not permission to eat um, with pleasure, then it, then it's already setting it up to be restriction, whether it's there's an, an, an abundance of food or there's not enough. It, it doesn't matter in a sense, like, like that emotional restriction is such a big part, man, I just 
feel so much for this person because not only were they a dietitian and navigating dietetics in a larger body and then also amputated an organ and it didn't quote work, I would imagine their permission to eat and fuel their body and feel pleasure with it is just not naturally there. Um, So yeah, I would wonder if they're eating enough and if they're not like, of course we're gonna eat rapidly, of course. um, And and if we're emotionally restricting too, there's gonna be that kind of rapid eating experience because the body is trying to help you survive, you know? <laughs> so, yes. um, man, it's so, it's so messy, but also like, that's exactly like the textbook experience with our physiology, you know? Yes. And, you know, I think it adds an extra, I mean, I know that it adds an extra element having had weight loss surgery. I mean, you think about it and most people who have the surgery, there's a, a very solid chunk of time after surgery where they're eating way under their needs, like, because they, they literally can't fit in their stomach what actually would meet their physical needs, which is just mind boggling. Um, so you think about, I, I think about that. And I know in this letter that the writer mentioned at one point, I believe like something about like sometimes she binge eats now or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or she, you know, kind of identified her eating in that way. Um, and I just think about the fact that like, her body, like just thinking about all the things her body has been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that contributes too to like the way she behaves around food right now. And, um, you know, I think her body may just need some, some healing and to kind of feel some trust. Uh, yeah. I, I think I hear what you're saying like the body, when this person is in a place of thinking like, why am I not eating mindfully? Like getting frustrated, yeah. but it's really, the body is still repleting yeah. from all the malnutrition. And I think that's yeah. so important to keep in mind, especially any listener who's in a larger body who's like, there's no way that I'm malnourished. Yes, there is yeah. a way you're malnourished. Yeah. <laughs> and oh uh, yeah, so um, that's why I feel like permission is so important because there's no way to exactly know if someone is. And, and so it's yeah. having permission just to be curious and to notice and to let your body heal as long as your body needs to heal. Um, and, you know, there's something that this letter writer has told us is that they are working really hard on healing and doing a lot of work. And um, man, I hope they have the space they need to, to just feel more at home in their skin soon. And um, before we move on to some kind of recommendations, anything else you'd want to add to this uh, letter writer? Or do you feel like those are the recommendations that you have? I feel like those are mostly the recommendations I had. I guess I want to highlight again because I feel really strongly about it. You know, that um, I would just like encourage this writer to like kind of just hone some compassion for themselves around that decision specifically um, to have that weight loss surgery. I, I know I mentioned it before, but I, I just think that um, there are so many people who have made that decision because of, you know, the culture we live in, the stigma, the bias, the, and just like the, the bias within our medical system. And, you know, at the time it made perfect sense and it was coming, it, it probably was coming from a support, you know, a place that felt supportive, um, or felt like, you know, the thing to do to take care of yourself. And I think that maybe there's for some forgiveness that needs to, needs to go into that. But, um, I also think that like, you know, you don't deserve to kind of hold any kind of responsibility or guilt for that. It it made sense at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So as a part of the Love Food podcast, we have something called a food peace syllabus. And if you're new to the show, the way that you can get your hands on the latest love uh, food peace syllabus is by going to juliedillonrd.com. 
Um, and Kirsten, is there anything you'd like to add to the food piece syllabus? Yeah, so I have a course that I created called Intuitive Eating After Weight Loss Surgery, obviously specifically meant for people who are kind of learning this approach after having had weight loss surgery. And there are some kind of unique things that go into that and kind of getting used to tuning into your body and um, kind of meeting your body's needs after that. So I definitely recommend that course. And then I'd love to add my podcast as well, which is Intuitive Bites Podcast. Yes, love it. For sure. I will put uh, links to all these in the show notes for anyone listening who's wanting to connect to that. And I really appreciate those resources. And um, I know besides the letter writer, um, there's other people listening, going through the same thing. Um, You and I both work with people who've experienced some kind of weight loss surgery or a lap band and struggling with the next step. So I appreciate that resource a lot. And I really appreciate your time. I, I, you took time out of your day to help us answer this question. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was great. Thanks, Julie. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope that the conversation that I had with Kirsten Ackerman was helpful for you. I hope it provided you some possible tools to explore to see if they fit within your food peace journey. I hope they give you peace and permission and space to heal. Something that I want to say to you, letter writer, is I can feel myself grieving. I'm grieving because the profession that I'm a part of hasn't provided space for you and other people with chronic illness, whether it's mental illness or other chronic illness also hasn't provided space for size diversity. And that is something that makes me angry. And like I said, I'm grieving because I know by you and other people with similar lived experience would only make our profession better, stronger, and better able to serve those we're trying to help. So I just wanted to let you know that. And I see Food has written back, but before we get to Food's letter, check out the After the Letters Project. It's a new campaign that I've put together to help support the Love Food podcast and meet financial goals that I have just to keep the show going. You can get to all the details at patreon.com slash lovefoodpodcast. Also check out my courses on PCOS. You can get to those details at PCOS and foodpeace.com. If you enjoyed the Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you could rate it, review it, share, subscribe, doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow because in the Apple iTunes algorithm or whatever they call it, it helps more people just find it when they're searching for their food piece tools. All right, enough of all that. Let's go ahead and hear what food has to say. But until next time, take care. Dear one of your most true lovers, you are perfect and precious exactly as you are today and back then. We know you weren't welcomed with open arms trying to recover from mental illness. That's not on you. That's the field of dietetics fault. As you connect with tools that promote healing, consider the question, what will serve my body right now? Is it being still, grieving, binging, hugging someone, walking, folding laundry, texting a friend, connecting in group work, eating mindlessly, therapy? As you explore ways to serve your body and your unmet needs, 
center permission and healing. We hope time provides the space to do so. And with that gives you back connection, pleasure, satisfaction, and joy. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a love food podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.